Welcome back to Behind Our Door. Hello, Nancy. Hi, Julie. I'm very excited for today. I'm excited every time we do one, but um, I really wanted to go down the functional medicine path. As you know, I'm definitely dabbling a lot in it lately as I get older um, and was looking into it when I was younger. And I'm excited that it's becoming more mainstream. So today we have Dr. Patrick Flynn from the Wellness Way in Green Bay. And we are so honored that he chose, that he came to sit with us and talk about all these new innovate. Well, I don't know if they're new and innovative. I'm just making that up. But <laughs> all these cool treatments for people who have mental health issues or think they might have mental health issues. And so let's get started. Hi, Dr. Flynn. Thanks for being here. Hello, hello. And it's, it's okay to be excited because I've looked at your podcast. You've had some wonderful people and you should be excited every time. There's nothing better than bringing great information to people so they can make great choices. So it's, a, it's, a, it's absolutely incredibly excited about everybody you have on the podcast. Yes. Great. Thank you so much. We've really, start, we've really had a series that you're a part of as well of some alternative and, and like Julie said, innovative, if that's the right word, new approaches yeah. um, and something away from the traditional to offer those for information. And um, we've had such a great response. So mm-hmm. very excited to hear what, what the Wellness Way does. Yes. Yeah. So to get started, we'd like to ask our guests, how did you get into this? Where, where did it start? Well, when I was asked to speak on the mental health realm, um, it's my personal story that got me into my background, and we'll go through that in a second. But when I was a, when I was a little kid, I was diagnosed as a juvenile delinquent. Now, today, they would have probably put more like a diagnosis like an Asperger's or an ADHD or some form of mental um, illness that related to my behavior. And mm-hmm. we have to understand that um, when we look at any mental behavior there's going to be physical and mental things that connect together. And if you can understand the concept, we're going to give you some pretty good details today. And what ended up happening is, but what people in the public see with mental disorders is the mental reactions that people do when it comes to their behavior. So everything in mental health is really judged by behavior. I'm trying to tell you that there's a physical and biochemical response that they need to look at more because the behavior is just a manifestation of what's happening both physically internally first. So what ended up happening was, is I I was treated from my behavioral aspects, um, from counseling to, let's just put, say, put on the short bus, labeled, um, and it was devastating. I sat there with counselors where my mother, which maybe you should bring her on a show one time, and (laughs) because mothers can relate, is the fact that they looked at uh, me as as a troubled child and looked at her and said, if he does not get serious help, he'll eventually be in prison. And I was sitting there when they tell my parents this stuff. And and I just burned in my memory thinking about this because what happened, and I can tell you as a little kid, I can still remember this, is the fact that the behaviors happened, and I will tell you about a shadow of doubt, a lot of it was out of my control. And I didn't realize that there was physical attributes happening inside my body that were manifesting as mental and behavioral disorders, which is basically the same thing. And therefore, I was labeled. I would have been, now now I'm 49 years old. If it would have been today, there would have been serious consequences of medications if parents would allow it instead of the deep investigation. Now, deep investigation did not start with my parents doing it. They just looked at them and said, no, because you know why? Because here's what happens. Anybody that has a mental disorder, mental health issue, do you understand the majority of it doesn't happen all the time? Let me give you an example. Most people that are depressed aren't depressed all the time. If they are, they're seriously physically things. And I've seen patients that are seriously physically have depression, never get out of it. But the majority of it actually is, is, is cyclic. 
ups and downs, ups and downs, ups mm-hmm. and downs. Well, what happened, especially with children or even adults, there's times where even behavioral problems that people have mental disorders, they seem perfectly normal. They do. They're, it doesn't matter what yes. mental health issue it is. Now, if you have major postpartum or major really clinical depression, there's some biochemical things that need to be dealt with. And they can be dealt with besides just the normal standard of care they give people today. So what I did is I realized that I had some physical things going on with me that led that there was nutritional things that were creating physical inflammatory reactions that were leading to mental issues. And now John Hopkins is the one that termed it. So it's not even in the natural realm of the gut brain connection. And so therefore there is, there is, there can be a physical trigger. For example, Nancy and Julie, let me give you a simple example. Okay. Okay. Do you know that, do you know that your big toe can control your mental health? Did not. Okay. Let me, let me do this. Let me smash your big toe and let me do it all day long. Okay, there is a physical stress that, see you guys smile, but th- this is what I want you to think about. There's a physical stress that leads to biochemical changes that can lead to neurotransmitter changes, um, anabolic hormones, psychiatric, all those things. And see me laughing, well, yeah, the doc, that's true. If I put up, let me give you a simple example. If I put a pebble in each one of you guys' shoe today and you walk around there all day, what's your mental state later tonight? See. Thank you. To the point where you, to the point where you're so irritated that you're going to snap at your husband or somebody saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, honey, how was your day?" Do you say him? And people say, "Well, well, there was there was a physical problem there." You're right. But what if I told you we know this very scientifically that there's other physical stressors that can happen within the body that will manifest as mental behaviors and short-tempered depression, all these things like that that majorly change the biochemistry. So I started to figure it out at 13 years old because wow. I, just, I just knew that something, and it wasn't from the doctors. The doctors, I can honestly tell you, once again, they just said, well, we got to deal with it. Today, they were yeah. throwing medication at you like crazy, okay? Right. But then I started to change the attributes of how I ate, and that's why I fell in love with nutrition. But see, I also fell in love with nutrition, not from a medical standpoint, because what am I going to do, become a nutritionist in a hospital? Um, and, and give really bad advice, you know what I'm saying? Because medical advice, most of the time, is really bad, mm-hmm. even if it's more on the natural realm. Second of all, what happens is I realized there's physical things that happen. I realized that there, I had an inflammatory immune response, and we know that the immune system is triggered. There is, once again, that big cascade of mental things that do change, okay? And so that's why that started my venture, saying, listen, Maybe I should go to college and start studying nutrition. Maybe I should go to college and start studying um, um, immunology. Maybe I should do my, and, and I didn't like the medical field, so I said, maybe I should go to chiropractic school because just like I told you, if I put a physical trauma in you, it can, it, it can deal with mental behaviors. And so I started to put together all the things I went to school for and put it into a form of care of finding those physical, mental, and toxic things that lead to those mental reactions. And I believe that the majority of mental health is a response to those long-term stressors. Because if I smash your toe, your behavior and mental aspects are going to change for a couple minutes, but then you'll get back to normal. But what if those stressors were there all the time? Biochemistry can become very depleted, very changed. And now then we see that what we call a mental disorder. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely understand what you're talking about. And I agree with you. I feel like we've had this conversation before, Nancy, but my son being diagnosed, who is now 30, um, at the age of five years old. So 25 years ago, I was really looking into more of the 
the gut health connection myself, but unfortunately there was no information and no doctor was doing it. Like I didn't even know the first step on, um, and we did end up at, this is like silly, but we ended up at some vitamin clinic of some sort that then, great. I mean, it was great, but he was five mm-hmm. years old and couldn't take 50 vitamins a day, you know? So right. at the time, obviously it didn't work out, but I, I definitely believe there's a lot to it and we just haven't investigated mm-hmm. enough. And I feel like people are ill-informed in our, in our society. Well, let's talk about this. Um, I'm going to give you a better way of languaging it that way. Okay. We are all conditioned um, to think certain ways. Okay. For example, I'm going to say something. Please, Nancy and Julie, yell at what you say to me right away. If I say this statement, what pops in your head? Milk does a body. Good. Good. See, now you guys have been studying some health and you know that's not really true. But anyways, but here's my point. And I know, um, we know that it can do bad. You yeah. know, milk is not good for some people. But, but the average American will be like, good, drink your milk, calcium, stuff of like that. Yet you can get more calcium from spinach than you can. But anyways, long story short, here's the point. Is the point that you are conditioned to have a child and bring them to your doctor for a well baby checkup. You're conditioned that once again, that all of a sudden if your daughter has menstrual cramps, binger and and so common to give birth control, which is really called an endocrine rubber, which can actually lead to mental disorders and things like that. You're conditioned. So what happens is this. You're conditioned to follow the herd. And then if you actually look outside the herd mentality, then you're looked at as different or non-conventional. But I will tell you this, thank God over the last three years, people realize that you, the herd mentality and where you've been lied, they've been leading you to the slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. Don't believe me? I always tell people this. I give, I give an example, and I apologize for the little sassy word here. Um, how old were you when you realized that your parents were really full of shit? Okay. And see, everybody laughs a little bit when I say that because see, you all smile because you're like, yeah, when you're a kid, your parents know everything. Then about... 11, 12 years old, you realize that they make up a lot of stuff, okay? But I got a question for you guys. And, and Julie, for you, it was 25 years ago because there was something not right is the fact that how old are you when you finally realize your doctors make up a lot of stuff and don't really tell you all the truth? You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with that more. It, it took me many years because, uh, of course, when you go to a doctor, they they get this formal education, right? They have all these letters behind their name and you're like, they must know everything. We trust yeah. them. We well, put so much trust into them. And then, like you said, obvious, obviously when I got older and wiser and dealing with multiple doctors with my son, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't making sense to me and I need to find a better, different path. Go ahead, Nancy. Yeah. Well, what happens is this. They give, they, they're educated on medical advice. Yes. And if you choose to take that, just understand there's consequences to that. They are an expert in medical advice. But what if I taught you most medical advice leads you down the wrong path? If you don't but, believe me, let's just look at the rates of disease and the rates of illness and rates of things going up like crazy. Statistically, we are worse mm-hmm. off than we ever were in history, yet we have more medical advice in history. Yes. So then they come in because it's the dominant voice. Somebody comes with a different voice and they think that you're a quack. And they think you're different. I'm like, I don't know if the results speak for themselves. Right. So, yeah. Go ahead, Nancy. I mean, a few things. Uh, First of all, I totally agree. Like, you know, there comes a point where you're told, especially younger, you look at a doctor of, you know, here's my question, what's the answer? And you just, that's the answer. Times have changed and people, I mean, you still, what you're doing, you know, with with the wellness way is, um, is, really restorative. It's, it's changing. I mean, you're, you're ahead of the times to a large degree, but I do think, you know, compared to, let's say 25 years ago, people are, 
get, you know, doctors are less committed to giving advice saying, this is exactly what you should do. They're giving you choices saying this is suggested and people are looking outside the box for healthier. But um, the other thing is with, with our kids, like Julie's talking about her son, the one thing that we talk about on this show with mental health and, you know, at this point, just talking about younger, your children is, is knowing their personalities and advocating and sticking to the core of that as a mother of a son. And my son has, is uh, 31 has bipolar disorder. And um, he, uh, you know, we went to, I'd say his diagnosis was, was with having some real issues started at 13 or 14. Um, We went to doctors that would be prescribing medications that were clearly right from the start, not the right thing, making him literally sick, throwing up uh, twice a day. And, and you're saying, and the doctor will say, well, they just have to adjust. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, no, I don't think so. You know, there is this, this parental um, responsibility to really knowing the person, whether it's your son, daughter, your friend, whoever, you know, you're, you're looking after or helping. Um, so I feel like, uh, you know, these things taken into consideration are really important and that what you're doing is giving them these other options. Um, the other thing is with e- with with nutrition, and I really want to hear some specifics. Um, I'm anxious to hear what you have to say as far as even with yourself. When you first, um, when you said you changed your nutritional intake, yep. what, what it was and what it changed to, I can tell you that my son is... Um, he's doing really well, knock on wood. He's really, um, he's really taking care of himself. He has changed his diet 360. And there's no doubt that that contributes to his mental health. There's just no doubt. Very conscious of what he is taking in. What did you, what, back to my question, what did you, what were you eating as a kid before? And what were you, what did you change to and what are your thoughts on nutrition and the benefits and well, advice? It's, it's, it's things this way. This is going to be, I'm, I'm going to talk about a couple of things, but I have to explain it in just a little bit way. Number one, you have to look for the inflammatory things because whenever there is a inflammatory reaction, there's an immune response that leads to even uh, a neurotransmitter response. Okay. Uh, that's well-documented, well-researched things like that. So I believe allergies are probably the biggest key to start with. Okay. Now, but here's what happens. Let's even start here. Let's, mo- let's go to the most basic things that people start with right at home. Um, by nature, what happens is this. Kids do not eat enough good proteins, and they eat way too many available foods that have glucose. They're highly sugared, and they don't have enough good proteins. And you got to remember this. Your neurotransmitters, uh, everything from dopamine to serotonin to all of our calming neurotransmitters, to all our excitatory neurotransmitters, once again, are amino acid-based, which means, for example, you know, it's like this. You'll see that a lot of times, if enough good protein is not brought in, you're going to actually have some hormonal deficiencies. For example, once again, you can be a healthy vegan. It's just that's much more difficult because it's hard to get certain amino acids you need in your diet unless you're really, really good at it. So you can be a healthy vegan. It's just really much tougher. It's 100 times more tougher than having some form of, of meat, okay? But because once again, but most of the people, if you think about this, I look at the amount of protein that a child eats in a day, it's so significantly low. And we always know that the amino acids are building blocks, but most people don't even have enough building blocks, but then they're putting the most toxic things that are very inflammatory, very destructive, very neurologically um, destructive to not only their mental health, but their physical health. And they wonder why 
things are bad. Mm-hmm. You know, Sam? I mean, most people, if they just started cleaning up their diet, just get rid of the junk, get rid of the amount of sugar. You know, people don't realize this. I think culturally, schools are not set up for, for especially young boys just because of certain testosterone levels, because they're not, our culture is set up to, to, to pander to women. Okay. Even little girls, it really is. Schools are not made for little boys. You know, Sam? Um, but the idea is this, most people's diets are, for example, so stimulatory. It's like here, here have some cereal, even if it's organic cereal and which is just going to be straight available glucose, which is now going to put them into a more excited state. Now go sit in a classroom. You know, Sam? Right. So if all you do is start introducing very healthy, good proteins. Now, mine was a little different because I think extremely healthy protein, as long as you're not, so anything I talk about, as long as you're not allergic to it, um, I think it's gonna be fantastic. I'm, I'm allergic to eggs, okay? And as I start to change and remove that from my diet and start to put other decent proteins in my system, there was a reduced reduction in inflammation. Now there's a reduction in immune response. There was a reduction in neurotransmitter stimulation that way. So therefore I had better focus. I had better concentration. I had less excitation. I had less anxiety. I had less uh, anger, anger. Do you say I'm, I, 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 my skin crawled less. And then as I started to realize, I said, Hmm, I need to give my body these significant things to actually help my body rebuild, including my brain. And then I started to study and realize that your brain is made out of wonderful essential fatty acids. And if you look at kids, they are eating very unhealthy fats and they're not eating decent fats. So how can we ask a child or any adult even to have good mental health when you're lacking the common building blocks from a protein and fatty acid content and majority of people, even Adults eat way too much sugar, which can be very stimulatory in your own. Your body runs decent on sugar, but we just overconsume so much, yes. which now leads to other healthcare problems. And I always tell people, a lot of people say, Doc, you know, can I use California poppy to help calm down the brain? Yes. But guess what happens? You're just compensating with an herb instead of a drug. And now you should actually look at pulling the sugar. Well, I can't do that. Who's the parent? Right. Right. Do you understand? Right. Sometimes. Sometimes some of the issues kids go through is the parents don't want to have the difficult things to change kids. They'll throw a fit. A kid will throw a fit if you pull his toy away, talk about pulling food away. So it's interesting you say that because I did that with my son when he was very little because he was he was hyper. At the time, that's what he was diagnosed with, hyperactivity and ODD, oppositional defiance disorder. And so I put him on a all-natural diet. We pulled red dyes. We pulled milk. Yep. Um, we pulled... Boy, Anything white, white bread, white pasta, yep. white. And yep. I, ma- I even made his baby food from scratch with a food processor. There was no Whole Foods back then. So it yep. was a little more difficult yeah. to do, but I truly, truly tried my best. However, at that age and stage, his, his behavior didn't, it didn't diminish. It still, it, it still was yep. manifesting itself. So um, obviously, I. Was there, was there any difference at all? Not really. When I mean, started with. Not, no, I, could, I could tell you this. He probably was sleeping better. He suffered from night terrors for many years. Yep. And when I pulled the red dyes and the milk and the dairy, and um, I feel like he slept better, but he was still he was still hyper. He was full of energy. Yep. Although I won't say 100% yep. being, as you said, being a parent is difficult. I can't pull all sugar from my kid because we live in a society that's filled with sugar. And, yep. you know, sometimes you have to not win the battles to win the war. Yep. And also grocery shopping, when you think of um, families that don't have the economic, uh, the economic support to be able to shop 
for organic mm-hmm. and more, you know healthier options that the um, most affordable and also factoring in a few children, a large family yeah. or not, that is a more accessible yeah. and um, you know well, cheaper way to live. So it's hard I'm, to- I'm going to correct you on that. I have to stop you on that because that's one of the big fallacies that parents use. Okay. And this is going to be a discussion that needs to be had. That's actually totally false. That's actually totally false. I'm saying that's not true at all because here's what happens this. If you look at the most nutrient-dense foods that are, that are massively building for, for kids or anybody that way, you just don't want to eat them. And they're very cheap. They're actually cheaper than anything you can get that way that are really needed. It's just that you see what we do is here's what happens. People say this, well, doc, I want to move to organic. And my kid used to eat Oreos all day long. So now I'm going to turn to an organic Oreo, which, for example, a cheap Oreo costs you 15 cents. An organic Oreo to made it with the right ingredients are $7. Okay. Now, once again, a little over exaggeration, but to get my point mm-hmm. on it, compared to this, if I were to say this, and, and people cannot tell me this can't be done because I have four daughters that suffer from none of these things. Okay. And hundreds of thousands of patients. Like I said, for some of you guys that know this, if you look at my background, Green Bay is my major corporate office. I have offices all over the country right. and one in Europe and expanding. And I have hundreds of doctors and stuff that work under me and do things. But here's the point. And so this has been replicated all the time. If you look at what happens when a child is introduced food, you know, one of the first foods that my daughters were given were a good source of meat source, and it could have been organic liver, liverwurst that way, avocados, mm-hmm. things like that. And if you look at organic liver, you can go to a butcher right now. Sometimes they have to give it away and you can, you can take it, grind it up into a thing and put it with their meat, their hamburger, and they can't tell the difference. Right. See, so this concept, we, we, we give parents an out on this, and I'm sorry if this is offensive, but what happens this is this, that's not true. The most healthy foods, and here's what happens. My, you, you, there's a rule if you even come visit my house as an adult. You're going to have liverwurst and sauerkraut. My kids eat that every day since they're kids and stuff of this. And you know what's really funny? You know how you make, you know, with the exception, now remember, I've had to deal with very severe kids on the autism spectrum. If drunk, I had a kid that would only eat potatoes. Well, we just tried to make them organic potatoes and this, and we helped to start recover with one skim. There's other things that we've done besides just the first diet aspect that way. But you know it's a really good driver for a lot of things, hunger. And a kid mm-hmm. may throw a fit until he's really hungry. And see, so I'm sorry, I don't palliate to parents telling me things are expensive or things that kids won't eat it. It's like, yes, they will. They eat really well when they're hungry. It's, I tell people this, you know, I'm involved, obviously, because I have to deal with a lot of politics stuff. You know, you want to get people off unemployment? Don't give it to them. Hunger is a really good motivator to get out and get a job. You say, I'm, so these factors, we have to stop giving parents outs because here's what happens this, because their kids are eventually going to become adults and are, they're going to contribute to society or they're not. If I would have listened and I would have palliated even myself, I would have been a detriment to society. The amount of mental disorders and people on medications and the amount of mental disorders that people are, that can't function society today, I think we need to stop giving people outs because we're going to have a really messed up society and we're seeing it today. And then the majority of kids, and we're seeing this now, there's a lot of kids that are going to be growing up in the next 20 years that won't contribute to society and either you or I have to take care of them. Do you say I'm? Okay, okay. I, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. I, I agree with some. I don't agree with all of it mm-hmm. just because I also know uh, I see what you're saying about the, the quote unquote out. And, and I agree with that. I mean, I, I feel like where there's a will, there's a way, but sometimes, you know, I'm, I know the parents that, that people deal with all over the country. And actually yeah. this podcast goes to other countries as well. Mm-hmm. It is, it's hard to get to the right places to get all of this. That's one thing. 
Um, but let's put that aside. Mm-hmm. For parents that are listening, and yep. I know this show, this particular episode, we weren't looking at just having parents and kids, but that's what we're talking about, and that's great. Yep. Um, for parents that are listening, that have that are that are thinking, wow, this is my. I, I think that um, you know, I have this child who has definitely who definitely got some behavioral problems, or not. You know, they you have people listening. All, you know, from all over the place. Um, what What is your advice for them to first look at who would they call? What could they read as far as getting yeah. an advice to reevaluate what they have in their kitchen, in their cabinets, in the refrigerator? And, um, and also it's very, it's personal. I mean, like you're saying you're allergic to eggs. Eggs yep. are good for some and not for others. Same thing with milk and, and all this other. Yep. Um, what is your what is your advice? What's the first step? What should what could they do? Um, I think that like we talked about before, twenty five years ago, the amount of information out there was much lower than it is today. I think the internet has done a wonderful job of being able to bring awareness to things that once again that the doctors you know never brought aware because once again it's not their practice, not their system. So just even once again, most common things you know it's really funny. No one. Most parents know that junk food is junk food. Mm-hmm. Okay, start there. Okay, but here's what happens: when you look at some of the things that need to be dealt with the kids that have different behavioral issues, this start with the most basic things we talk about: change your diet. But like, like, but like Julie talked about, and this is very common too. There might be some some mental disorders that have already met transition to where there is neurotransmitter problems. There's infections that do it. There's other testing that needs to be done in order to actually do this. So you can start researching that. Research allergy testing. Research the aspect of looking at that our foods are inflammatory. Um, and and, and like I said, and you can listen to other practitioners. I think once again, I think the internet's one of the greatest places to grab information. And people say, well, people have all different things. Well, I tell people this. Anybody can argue with me what I say, but I have millions of people behind that we've done this with. You understand? And so therefore, most people want to argue emotionally about some of the things. But here, follow people that get the clinical results that you're looking for. Look for somebody that said, listen, I took my child to a practitioner who ran a stool test and found out that, and we know this, we know this with children with behavioral issues. There's a very, there's very commonly that kids actually have a bacterial infection, could be candida, could be some other normal flora that overgrew, and you have stool test done. Well, then go to a practitioner that can run them and then have a plan of care that can actually move them in a direction to help them. See, if you look at your current conventional way of looking at healthcare, which is medicine, once again, um, obviously if there's detrimental things for behavioral things, I understand why they've prescribed medications, but most parents want to do that. They want to actually recover them in obviously a different way. And I can tell people, always think about medicine like they're the fire department. If something severe is there, have bad fire, cool, put out with a drug or surgery, I get it. But the majority of people are looking for a practitioner or guidance that looks more like a carpenter. What can I give my child to help build that body? What can I do to them to do it? And maybe I need to do some testing in my house to make sure that there's not a rotten wall. And so therefore, looking for practitioners that can guide you in the process because, and here's what happens, and here's what happened. If you think about, Julie, by changing that, a lot of people are going to get some good changes, but not everybody is by just by changing their diet, first of all, because here's what happens. Because a lot of people start to research good proteins and they may put an egg in their child's system. Now that can actually legitimately be an inflammatory thing for them. Mm -hmm. I can show you a lab where they have 
lettuce that's an inflammatory thing for them that causes neurological changes that way. So really what it comes down to is this, stages. Start with the most basic things. The majority of people with awareness now know that things are toxic. Second of all is if there needs to be a little bit farther because they've only responded so much, now you need some testing to dig in a little bit deeper to see where some of those major inflammatory markers are coming from. So, and they can probably ask their pediatrician for, you know, either the pediatrician could test these kids or send them to a specialist for testing. No, that you'll never get any from it. That's not their world. So so we're, you know, they're listening from all over the country, let's say. Where do they, they're thinking, okay, I'm going to have my, I'm going to have my kid tested. Where yeah, do they you're go? Gonna, you're going to have to go to some uh, chiropractor, functional medicine person that does labs and things yeah, like that. A chiropractor, they wouldn't think of. That's very interesting. I, you're a chiropractor, right? So so you wouldn't think of a chiropractor for testing, but that's good advice. That's Well, you know. the reason why they wouldn't think of it, because our current form of healthcare has tried to adapt chiropractors into the realm of being no different than a specialist in their world. That Our profession never started out that way. If you go back to our profession as start, it was always based on understanding that the body is a very intelligent organism that knows how to function normally. And there's things like physical trauma. And that's why people got adjusted. There's things like toxic effects. It's why chiropractors by nature, our old history was removing toxic things from the body. And third of all, there's also, we understand that there's a thought process, mental stress that throws off function of the body. And so therefore, every healthcare professional has been tried to adapt. Even the term functional medicine is they're trying to take a medical thinking and move a little bit more natural things. At least there's a little bit more avenue of actually doing that. So find somebody, once again, that's more specialized in it that can say, listen, can we run a food test? Can we run a stool test? Can we run a hormone panel? Can we run things that way? And if you look at going to the pediatrician, going to the general practitioner, once again, if if, if your child has a tumor, they're going to search for it. It's more of a fire. I understand that. That's why so many people bring their kids to the pediatrician and they call the well baby checkup. Well, what are they looking for? They're not looking to see if your, your child is normal. They're looking to make sure he doesn't have a fire, doesn't make sure he doesn't have a disease, doesn't matter the disease process to treat, and then they use a drug or surgery to do it that way. So that's why, and that's why most people are confused because they'll go to a doctor and say, here's all the behavioral problems. Well, guess what happens? You're asking them to get your child back to normal and somebody tell me this. And, I, and if it's true, I'll give it to my kids. Somebody tell me a psychiatric medication or a medication that actually gets your child back to normal. You can take a medication and numb anybody down. Heck, you could take uh, you could take a steroid and feel no pain. But the idea is this: if you stop taking any medication, is does your body stay normal? You say it's like this: even having an ear infection, a person has an ear infection, they say there's a bacteria. No doubt, take it, kills off bacteria, uh, ear infection goes away. But the majority, the vast majority, come back. Do you know why? Because there's fluid in the ears, and since the fluid didn't go away, they're going to take a tube and they're going to jam it in your ear. And then because it'll just heal up and come back again, they're going to jam it again. See, it's almost repeated medical advice to come back and deal with the end stage problem. I'm like going, no, there, there's got to be manifests of actually digging a little deeper. Now, Jerome, just let's, let, let me relate this to women. Because um, obviously I dealt with a lot of children through our years of care that way, but my major specialty also was also women on there and trying to help support their body. Most women have experienced a vaginal yeast infection. And they're like, oh yeah, doc, that's happened. Okay, ladies, where'd you get it from? Where'd you get it from? 
And people realized that you didn't catch a bacteria vaginally. It was your normal flora that overgrew because you were compromised your immune system and it became overgrown. And now you have the feeling an inflammatory response to an, to an overgrowth of bacteria that was even normal. That's why when people even in the functional medicine world are always trying to kill off candida because it causes psychiatric things. Candida is a normal floor within your body, but if it overgrows, it's bad. Strep is a normal floor in your body, but if it overgrows, it's bad. So it's the concept of understanding to get that body and restore it back to normal. You need to support certain systems of your body. And our current healthcare system does not do that. If they did, there wouldn't be so many sick kids. There wouldn't be so many kids on medications. There wouldn't be so many kids with disabilities that have led from the simple aspect of being born into major depressions and stuff. And I said, so the, the thing is this, you need to move towards more the doctor that has more of a functional viewpoint on it than a fire, which aka medical viewpoint of actually medical advice of moving that way. And if people want to do that, I tell people, go do that. It's not what I do. It's not what's going to help your, your child long-term. You might be able to manage him for a season, a year, but all we have now is kids getting older, just manage on drugs, getting through society. We need to start producing healthy children, not helping them deal with their condition pharmaceutically. So let me ask you, when you talk about nutrition, are there certain foods that you can, you should or could avoid that can improve your mood? Let's say you don't have the money to go to a functional medicine doctor or chiropractor, because most of them aren't covered by insurance, right? Let's be honest, yep. it's nope. paid out of pocket. So, so what are some basic things that you can do to see if it helps improve your mood or your, or your mental wellness? Anytime you start, always starts with your proteins. Always. Kids do not eat enough healthy proteins. They do not. And the nice thing about eating healthy proteins is they're going to be fuller faster. They have less chance of eat, overeating. They have less chance of going after stimulatory things. So I'm not joking. There's been kids where I'm just like, guess what? Give them some ground beef. You say, give them some ground beef. Simple, cheap, easy, easy to do. Get some fuller, faster, less calorie intake. Sometimes they have a little too many calories that way. That's why obesity and kids have been going crazy that way. But the idea is this. Start with a really good protein source. And it might be chicken. It might be turkey. It might be something. You know, Sam? Now, there are people that say, okay, listen, doc, I'm more of a vegan. Well, good. Then use some hemp and chickpeas and all the things that, once again, I got lists of things you can do for healthy proteins. They're free on our website. You know, Sam, those are things that you can do. Remember, um, I, I, I do remember, I want to say this, I want to make this very clear. Um, we all take care of a spectrum of people. There's people that can't afford $10 extra a week. Mm-hmm. Do you say, I'm, we know that I've dealt with those people and some of that, and I've dealt with people that could pay 10,000 a week. Okay. And here's my point. There's so many free things you can do. And that's why I tell people is like, so therefore clean up the diet, get rid of all the bad stuff. And if you start introducing decent proteins to start, you're going to actually not only help them dramatically, you give them the building blocks, keeps them more satisfied. They eat less food. They bring the calorie tongue. They bring the stimulatory down. So start with those things. Look at, first of all, good proteins. Then look at good fibers. Once again, healthy fibers are very cost effective too. And there's a lot of things you can go look them up. There's a lot of things you don't need to eat organically. I'm always going to try to encourage that um, the best you can because you have less chance of processing. Stay as minimally processed food as possible. That's why, once again, here's what happens. It's not hard to get a child to eat a blackberry or a raspberry or a blueberry. High fiber. You can do certain dips and things like that. Once again, high fiber. So if you look at getting high good protein foods and high fiber foods, 
they can actually taste really good, keep the budget really low, but then have the best clinical results doing that by getting the essential fatty acids and essential proteins that are made for neurotransmitters, made for brain, and not be excitatory for the body. How do you feel about supplements? Um, Here's what happens. The term supplement itself is just what it says. If you don't get it, you need a supplement for it, okay? For example, I will tell you this. Um, If you just happen to look this up, a person needs about 4,700 milligrams of potassium per day. Potassium is a very common deficiency in people, and that means you have to eat about 7 to 10 cups of vegetables a day if everything's just normal. Uh, I don't know many people that do that. Do you say I'm? Now, let's do this. Let's look at some of the things that do happen when there are some psychiatric things that come out. I can tell you, the most common thing that I ever gave a child with behavioral problems is California poppy. If you look at the okay. research... What is that? What is California poppy? I'll, I'll give you a little detail. It's a great medicinal herb. It's actually the, it's actually the California um, state flower. But what happens is this. It has specific constituents in that your body takes, no different than an amino acid from a protein, and helps you produce your calming neurotransmitters. So therefore, if you look at California poppy, there's a lot of vast research on how it affects behavior, depression, anxiety, and by far, that happens in both children or women. That was probably the second most common thing that I ever gave out in practice, period. Now, what that did, let's let's say a child came in and had very high anxiety, very high um, ADD and things like that. Well, guess what happens? There are certain supplementations that can have an effect, a common effect on the brain, just like foods can. And see, if you think this way, if you look at this, look at some of the major medications out there. Do you know where they mimic some of those ingredients from? Nature. Herbs. Yeah, herbs. So why don't you go back to those a little bit that way? They have a lot less negative effects that could ever happen from from them. And that, yes, and trust me, you do need some guidance and people to give some some advice that way for support. And does does California poppy free? No, do you understand? So are some cost things that. But if you just look at some of these things, they make major differences that way. Um, So I believe that there's a part of supplementation, but I also tell you this. If a person came in and said, hey, my child's suffering from ADHD, and oh my goodness, doc, you know something? I just started care with you, and I gave them California poppy, and it calmed them down a ton already. I will look at the woman, I will look at that parents right in the eyes and say, this is not a supplement to continue the stimulatory or bad behaviors that can lead to inflammatory or psychological processes just because you saw a positive result right now. That to me, it's no different than keeping the same behavior of giving a medication for a long period of time. Because the minute you stop that California poppy, there's that excitation back to the brain. The minute you stop any medication, it's, it's the same concept. That's why the term natural medicine is really no different than medicine itself, and that's why they have a fight back and forth. I'm sitting there like a carpenter-type doctor saying, well, let's, you, you can use some of those things, but let's work at rebuilding the body back to normal, and, it, and, and that's why lifestyle things come up. I can honestly tell you, there's a lot of people that will always supplement with potassium, always supplement with, um, here, I'm in Green Bay. I will supplement with vitamin D3 um, from October till April. Why? I just don't get enough sun. I have no choice. I just, I, I will end up vitamin D deficient. I know there's, and guess what happens? Seasonal affective disorder, mm-hmm. okay? There's major psychiatric problems. That's why I look at children that live in the Midwest. Do you have your kids on some form of vitamin D? Well, Doc, I don't want to give them a supplement. Are they getting sun every day? No. 
well, then you're going to be deficient in a major hormonal response that leads to both physical and psychological problems. See, so supplementation can be used appropriately. Do I think it's overblown? I think, I think taking most things is overblown, even medications. There's no lifestyle stuff and no, and that's why I, at the beginning of the podcast, I may seem really tough on things, but you know what's tougher? Spend a ton of money on drugs or surgery, spend a ton of money on supplements where the behavioral things make a big point. So I want people to be upset with some of my words because I'm trying to make it more cost-effective and better for you. And so I won't tolerate the excuses and drugs. People say, Doc, well, I'm just going to keep on buying my child California poppy and the other things you could do to calm the brain down. I'm like, that's fine. But eventually, even if that, that will eventually wear off and sometimes not lurk in the future because they keep getting worse. Right. And also, you know, so important what you're saying about nutrition, because that is not a supplement, not a medication. It's a way of life. Mm -hmm. And so if you start changing, if you set the way of life to this, um, you know, more, I'd say, tailor-made to the person, yes. healthy eating, it really makes a difference. Even the way I suppose medication or whatever they choose to to add to that right. would be. But but vitamin deficiency is, is real in people, correct? I mean, you're talking about vitamin D. We're from the Midwest also. And I mean, what do you think the most well, common um, vitamin deficiencies in people are? Oh, that's easy. Okay. Number one, vitamin A and vitamin D. Okay. But vitamin D, because of, of Dr. Mercola, who is a very respected uh, DO. Um, he was kind of the first one to really, in the medical field, move away from that kind of concept. He kind of brought the concept of vitamin D, um, which is fantastic. But you gotta remember, vitamin A deficiencies are so prevalent in all people. Um, and what's vitamin deficiency. A? What, what, food, what foods are vitamin A? Um, it's, remember, think of this way. All of your fat-soluble vitamins are going to be more animal-based. See, for example, a lot of people say, Doc, I eat vitamin A, I eat carrots. No, you eat beta carotene, and you're lucky if you can convert 3% to retinol. Retinol is really vitamin A, okay? And see, my kids or my, and I tell women, I said, and I can tailor this towards women too. Women, if you want to keep your skin good, keep beauty, make sure you have vitamin A. Why? Because it's a major factor that makes your skin beautiful. You'll have less wrinkles, you have a smoother skin, you'll look better. And I'll say, Doc, what's the best food for it? Liver. No, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, then guess what? Then you will suffer the consequences of being deficient. Now, are there other great vitamin A foods? Yes, they're more animal-based that way. And don't supplement with vitamin A because do you understand, when you supplement with certain things, especially like even vitamin E, you have now an easier chance of oxidizing and making it a toxic thing. And that's why the medical field will tear on supplements because, yeah, a lot of them are junk. I'm not disagreeing with them. I would rather have you get the great food source, which once again, you can enjoy as a family, and stuff. I'm not joking. Before I came to this podcast, as our wonderful team was setting up for you guys, I just got my my 26 of liverwurst. And when I get done here, I'm going to go have about three or four ounces of it that way. And that's heart, liver, and kidney in there. You know what my kids eat every day? You know what my wife eats every day? You know what my, my, we train our patients to do? And Durham, it's so darn cheap. And see, habitual things. Mm -hmm. Look at this. Most people are fat-soluble, vitamin deficient. Now wait, if you understand some of the essential fatty acids are important for brain function, where's the best place to get EPA and DHA? If you look at this, one thing about mothers that really research, they understand the importance of EPA and DHA for the brain. Do you know what the number one source in the world is? Cod liver. Wow. That's why you see a lot of people get cod liver oil, which I'm a fan of. But if you go in my kitchen here at the office right now, there's cans of cod livers. Hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. 
And see, that's the thing. And I'm talking about all these things. And do you know how cheap cod liver is? Cod liver is much cheaper than cod liver oil because now they had to change it. And a lot of, and then people say, well, there's a lot of cod livers that are junk. Yes, because they rancid fast. Are there good quality ones? Yes, but they're very expensive. See, so my advice is for all the people that can't afford stuff. My advice is for the, the mother that has the hard things. And so therefore, I'm actually more concerned about them spending less money and being a little stronger with their child about eating the things than them wasting so much money on supplementation. Okay. And so we look at those, all those fat soluble vitamins. And when you eat those things, you now get that EPA and DHA that is there for brain growth, is there to calm the brain down, brain development. And therefore, that's what people are looking for. See, so there's great lifestyle things that contribute to that. If we look at other deficiencies, uh, which is a very calming um, mineral, is magnesium. Mm -hmm. Magnesium. That's why if you notice a lot of kids that have behavioral disorders are very constipated because magnesium is now a reference in over 300 different processes of the body. It's very essential to help move the bowel. That's why when the kids are constipated, I'm like going, you're showing deficiencies. Do you understand? A lot of, a lot of conditions are deficiencies. It takes a carpenter type doctor, a carpenter type person to look at these things saying, what does your child need? Somebody tell me the last time that your pediatrician has ever talked to you about vitamin A deficiencies, vitamin D deficiencies, uh, vitamin, all these deficiencies that way. No, it's not their world. No different than asking me to perform surgery or give a kid Keppra for seizures or a medication. I'm like, go get the medical advice from them. But don't discount that our advice is essential for your body. There's a reason why these vitamins are called essential fatty acids, because if you don't eat them, you will have a weak, broken down house. Um, I have a quick, when you mentioned magnesium, yep. isn't that also used as a sleep aid? Of course it is, because why? Magnesium has a very calming effect. There is, there is enzymes that magnesium uses to help produce your calming neurotransmitters. If you remember, the most excited neurotransmitter is, is glutamate. The most calming neurotransmitter is GABA. You need those essential enzymes that are magnesium-based to actually help convert to produce those things so you can go to sleep. Also, parents, we know this. Um, there's a lot of people that saw, say, Doc, my child responds really well to melatonin. I understand that. But you want to then work on the production of his own melatonin. And here's what happens this. I'm in a beautiful studio, okay? What is, what, you know, and if you look at children, can they be stimulated by light? Yes. Pull those kids away from TV before they go to bed for an hour. Pull them away from electronics that are, that are feeding different lights that are reducing their melatonin intake that way. I understand that behavioral children are very obsessed and compulsive. I'll tell you right now, Maybe that's why I built such a huge company and helped millions of people and do things we do because I think those psychiatric things happened to me when I was late. I understand what these kids are obsessed and compulsive. I only do a couple of things and I'm really good at them. Do you say I'm? Because being obsessed. And I understand that parents, it's very difficult. Ask my mother. <laughs> Ask my mother. It's very difficult having a child that has mental things going on. I am empathetic and I, and, I, and I hurt for all of you mothers and dads. Dads get away from it a little bit more than moms do. I actually probably put my, my mom through certain hell. She'll tell you about it. Mm -hmm. and I, she, but you also know that I will tell you as a, as a child that may suffer with this, you may watch this later in life, but there's a lot of stuff you don't have control over. So I'm really empathetic for you because I felt it myself. But that being said, we, we sometimes distract the kids because parents, let's talk about this. And I've, and I've talked to my mom about this. There's sometimes who my mom is still is amazing. Okay. She even works in my big company. All right. But there's times as a mom, she just wanted to get away from me. Mm -hmm. 
and they didn't have iPads. No. Do you understand? So three in front of the TV. Okay. And it's okay. Don't feel bad because that happened. Right. But let's start working towards these things to make a better connection and stuff of like that. Remember, as you as moms, my mom, I put mom through hell. It, it was it was tough. I wish I wish I could have got a hold of myself when when I was I wish I could have been my doctor when I was three. The things the things you're suggesting are so um, good for the whole family. Though. Yes, um, it's not like you're just going to go shop for these these things just for your child. It's, yes, it's for everybody and. You can start for adults that are listening to this that are, you know, in their, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond that have eaten really bad all up until now. They can still change, change that uh, mood, change the whole head to toe somewhat if they if they redo the nutritional plan. Right. Right. Because remember, the only difference between your body now and there is there might be a little bit more demands for certain things, but we all need the same things to build a healthy body. Now, yes, there's individualized. My sisters don't react to an egg. I do. I've tested their allergies. My mom doesn't react to egg. I do. Even though we have the same genetics does not mean that we respond the same. And you got to remember, and if you think about this, one very common thing that I think all your podcast people probably watch is understanding the MTHR gene. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, see, you guys already knew that. You see, you're right. But here's what happens. Where did we get our major methylated vitamins from when 30, 40 years ago? Right. See, organ meats. They're still the number one thing. See, it's kind of funny. We've moved away from the cultural things. Mm-hmm. You remember when we were kids, grandma always had liverwurst. Yeah. Now, granted, a lot of the brown trigger wasn't that good. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> These things that we... Well, see, you are in Wisconsin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but see, to us, now, if there was a... 15-year-old watching us, they'd be like, Bleh. I'm like, that was normal for us. Yes. We've culturally moved our kids into just building their house out of rotten lumber. Do you understand? And top of it, sometimes not even get enough lumber to build their structure. Right. So that's why, because they're eating all carbohydrates, which are which you need carbohydrates. But that's not the dominant thing. So as we're teaching people how to change these things, it's just creating healthier people. You're going to laugh about this. I never want any person to ever walk into any of my offices because by the time you walk into an office like us, you've been through the gamut of mm-hmm. all the things and you're suffering and you're sick and you're like, well, maybe we'll try the weird, weird quack chiropractor that does things a little different than most culture. Yeah, but that might be just what saves their life. And, that and I do happened. think people will, that people could be walking into your office first as well these days because... Uh, there's, there is a change going on with, with respect to that perspective. And I we mean, need the change. Right from the start that will, there are, <clears throat> are those that have, our parents that grew up sort of in these slow stepping stones that'll think when I have kids, I'm going to make sure they're eating right. It does make a difference. Um, I have a question for yep. you as a, as a chiropractor. Yep. I've heard from adults. I personally have never gone to a chiropractor for whatever reason, but I have friends that, and, and just people I, you know, I've spoken to over the years that swear by a chiropractor and they will say from, you know, many times that when they go for the manipulation that you do, that it affects their emotional state. And so with, with kids, do you ever have kids come in or is this something in general, people listening to, you know, this is a non-medical, you're going in for physical manipulation to your body. 
tell us about that. What is what is that all about? How does that affect the brain? Well, it's very simple. Okay, let me ask you a question. Let's go back to my example before. If I throw a pebble in your shoe, there is a physical irritation. That means there's physiological and biochemical changes that affect your everything from big toe to your brain. See, what we've done, and this is what, what we don't realize, the purposes of what affect us emotionally are a cascade of stressors that lead to those abnormal changes. Now, the abnormal changes, if you walk around the pebble all day long, you're, you're going to see cortisol change. Does cortisol affect how your brain works? Yes. Absolutely, it does. Okay, you're gonna see. You're gonna see if you're a man, testosterone changes. A woman, you see estrogen and progesterone changes. So there. So what we do is this, and this is where the thinking has changed. See, what I always hope and go on a podcast for, and I've been interviewing a podcast that have millions of people. People have ten because you know why? I don't care about the number. I care about this is getting people to think differently. Now watch this. I want to walk you through a concept and analogy that you're absolutely gonna love. And this is where I got the whole big toe thing from. We have to start looking at our body like a Swiss watch. All these gears interact together. That's why the gut-brain connection. That's why a big toe brain. You can do you understand that if I just make this finger joint swell up every day, you will say it's annoying, but there's an immune, neurological, biochemical response that happens. It's just small, so you don't see a big manifestation to your brain. The reason why the gut got so much publicity is because it can be 25 feet long. Okay? The surface area is the size of a tennis court. So if you irritate that system, there is a cascade of things that happen biochemically, neurologically that is dramatic. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. This yes. is a small joint of maybe a couple, couple of centimeters. The GI is so big. So you irritate that. There is such a negative immune inflammatory response that leads to a release of neurotransmitters, a release of anabolic and, and, and um, amino acid-based hormones. And therefore, we always think that the body is separate from itself. Let me give you an example. We're the generation, remember in the 80s this came out? An aspirin a day is good for your what? Heart. See, you already know it. And statistically, if I'm a one-gear doctor, like a cardiologist, and they're the expert, scientifically, they're right. But you know what the neurologist says? Mm, An aspirin a day is not good for the brain because it thins the capillaries so much Actually, wow. they burst really easy, and the smallest capillaries in our brain, that's why if somebody hits their arm on an aspirin a day, they bruise so easily, but when it explodes up here, it ends up in a stroke. Oh, gosh. See, we need, to, we need to look at our body like a Swiss watch. Now, once again, I'm okay with specialists. I'm okay with medical thinking. I'm okay with medical advice. If you want to go ask that, but as I create all these analogies, like the fire department carger, a Swiss watch, Everyone, you guys, even though emotionally you might struggle with some of the things I said today, you'd be like, that eh, makes a lot of sense though. And what I did with all the, all the people in their own, chiropractors, I have a lot of chiropractors work for me, but I also have, no joke, my last conversation where I walked in here was with our nurse practitioner. She's like, she has the ability to give drugs all day long, but she's like, wait, wait, wait. I'm taught to think this way, understand the body this way. And, and here's what happens. And you know where I got that backbone of thinking from? the chiropractic profession. That was always their thinking. But then they wanted to become a manipulative therapy like back pain because then they can run into insurance world. And so they got sucked up. And that's why, Nancy, you, you, you look at this when I see a chiropractor, you're like, we're going to need a chiropractor? Uh, yes, but here's what happens. That physical stress, that stress that here, because remember, if that joint is a little bigger like in your neck, there's neurological problems that can result from it that lead to all the biochemical changes. And if you think of it this way, it's like, so you, by relieving that physical stress, 
there's those changes. But by relieving that toxic stress, there's those changes. By relieving those mental stress, there's those changes. So the chiropractic thinking was always about finding those things that are disruptive to the body. So that's why I believe that chiropractic over time, if they practice the way that we do, which is our history, then people will run to practitioners that can make sense like that. But even if all the practitioner does is adjust, there still is a physical and psychological re, uh, reduction in inflammation and benefit that comes from both those things. So to me, it's so remarkable. I mean, whatever, you know, you're, you're, you're saying, of course, the body is a machine. It's a Swiss watch. Um, I think that's just really remarkable that that movement affecting the brain. Yep. Isn't healing all come within? Even if we have these wonderful, and I remember once again, I have very good friends who are in the medical field. We discuss stuff, their families see clinics like ours and stuff. But think of this way. Um, I, I thank God that we have great medical procedures. Like let's say all of a sudden your child has a very large cut and you don't want them to bleed to death and your doctor is going to stitch it together. But the healing still happens from the inside out. It doesn't happen from the outside in. There's nothing that we can do if we don't first recognize that the body is a wonderful, intelligent, organized thing that knows what it does. We just need to observe it, test it, see what's stressing it out, and do everything we can to support it. And that's what this kind of care does. I thank God that we have both of them. Because if you go back 100 years ago, mm -hmm. we are a farming state. There's people that could lose their hand and bleed to death. Now, believe it or not, the medical system, aka the fire department system, has done a great job with drugs and surgeries, axes and hoses, to save lives. But what we've confused was the aspect of saving life and forgetting about that major ability to heal on the inside and your body is so intelligent. Let's bring that, let's have both. Both done really well would actually make people have less healthcare costs, have less sickness, illness, mental illness, everything that way. And that's why both systems are needed. I will never discard some of the great inventions of medicine, but we're spending $4.1 trillion a year and people are getting sicker. Yeah, just... Yes, the side effects of all these things get stronger. So, yep. you know, Not you're working. taking this to a really interesting point. Yep. And I like the way, you know, looking at your, you know, reading a bit about your, the wellness way, et cetera, saying it's restorative care. Yep. I think that really says it well. It's yep. restorative care. Yep. Or a carpenter. Just think of it this way. Or a carpenter. We don't give medical advice. Fire department's medical advice. And once again, and, and um, I, think they're, I think they both can be very effective. I think that if the natural field outreaches, it's a bad thing for the public. And I think if medical field, which we see outreaches, is bad for the public. It's just that they're the dominant thought. So I believe that synergistically, they can do wonderful things if we understand these things. So I'm a big fan of a, a lot of things that come out that way. I just believe if we get back to the most simple, effective things, we're going to see the greatest things happen. Wow. So Dr. Flynn, if, if people listening would like to look up more information about what you're saying, can you share what they would be able to? Yeah. Where can they find uh, it? Remember, just like you guys, I just put a ton of um, uh, teaching information out there on the wellness way. I teach you about deficiencies. I teach you about labs. I teach about these things. And you can actually go there and just look it up and watch the videos and stuff. Um, Thewellnessway.com. Uh, go to all of our videos and we, we cover all these things in great detail. Uh, I even have a bunch of handouts to where it's like, you know, you could go and actually say, okay, doc, what's the best fiber-based foods? Well, it's a free PDF. Just download it. And guess what happens? And look at those foods. Where are great sources of protein? We're going to say so fatty acids. And, and it's, it's all the great lifestyle stuff. And guys, I'm not joking. It costs you nothing. 
I try to give it away all for free. See, I'm trying to get, now watch this. We know this, and this is where you're more empathetic, Nancy and I am on this. You know this as well, I do, because you talk to them. It's hard to make them, so now they need a little bit more guidance and supplementation. Well, then they got to come to people like us. But I don't, the reason why I'm so hard on people is I don't want you to spend money with me. I don't. Keep your hard-earned money. So I may seem to be hard on the moms, but really I'm going, save your money. Buy Christmas presents. Don't buy these supplements. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if you literally look what I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm, trying, to be a pay, I'm trying to be a mom advocate. You know what mm-hmm. saying? Now, once again, I'm also a male. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more aggressive than a mom because a mom is more empathetic than I am. You know what I'm saying? So I understand those things. So what, go the wellness way. Look at those things. Um, probably my biggest page I have. I've been, believe it or not, it's going to sound funny. I've been kicked off almost every platform at least once. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because once again, this goes against events, conventional thinking. But if I go speak to a medical organization, they love what I say. Because I look and go, you guys are great fire department doctors. God bless you. Save lives. Do that way. But most of you guys are sick here. And I can prove it to you by your labs. Because I'm looking at you and not, you don't know how to build your body. You're vitamin deficient. You're all these things deficient. I can prove it to you. And then they come up and tell me all stories, how sick they are. You know what I'm saying? And so therefore, once again, my Instagram page uh, is probably just Dr. Patrick Flynn. Uh, and, I, and here's one thing I'm very proud of. I am very proud about being a chiropractor because that's the thinking that led to all this. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's so interesting. It really, I, yeah. I just, it's a very interesting base to the whole thing. Yep. And we, we support, we, we, we don't act like we're the healer or we act like giving treatments and some of that. We recognize the body is so intelligent. And, and I want you to think about this. Cut your finger. There's not one doctor that knows how to put that back, but you have such an intelligence inside you. So there has to be something that disrupted it inside your child that's leading to all these things. Or even if you're an adult, it's, you, need the pre, you need the people that can dig deep on that with certain things to figure this stuff out. And, um, and that's why I believe... And you're wrong. We've seen such severe kids to where I have no doubt that they may need medication for a short time. But you know this just as well as I do. If you leave them on there for a long period of time, there's consequences that sometimes can't even be repaired. I couldn't agree more. Well, your advice this whole episode has been so informative, but also, you know, can be so uh, adapted by adults. I mean, this is, you are what you eat. So I feel like... uh, Anyone listening that is of any age can really benefit from this information. Yep. Thank you so much, Dr. Flynn. Thank you guys and everything that you do too. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We welcome your input. To contact us or any of our guests, please email us at behindourdoor at mail.com. That's behindourdoor at mail.com. And please don't forget to like and share our podcast. Um, Leave us a rating. Tell us how we're doing. We really want your feedback. It's important to us. We are so thankful that you are here and listening to us. If you or someone you know is in crisis struggling with mental illness, you can call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or the NAMI helpline at 1-800-950-6264. Until next time, please join us for another conversation behind our door. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.